We're back to the Neil Haley Show, and we talk business. I love to talk business. It's a lot of fun. And these, my two guests are going to give me some good insight, especially when we're looking at 2022. How do we make 2022 the best year? I'm always going to bring certain things like that up because I'm kind of telling myself after that, after going through uh, certain challenges already in 2022 with supply chain to all those different things. My two guests are going to really talk about boundless leadership. So Joe Luiso and also Ella Azar Aslan. Guys, thanks for stopping by. How are you? Great. Thanks for having us. We're good. Thank you. All right, Joe. So how did you guys connect together to write this book? How did that happen? You guys to get together to come up with this idea? Well, you know, Elazar and I both have, you know, a lot of experience in our fields thinking about styles of leadership. And uh, we both had the sense that things needed to change. We also share an interest in meditation and contemplative practice. So Elazar read an article that I had written about the benefits of transforming the mind and body through practice. Um, and came to see me and the two of us, this, that was, I don't know when it was, maybe more than 10 years ago, 12 years ago, maybe even 20 years ago. <clears throat> so we've slowly worked, found that we shared clients, I'm a therapist, also is, uh, now an executive advisor, and found that people really needed a systematic way to change their way of being in, in, in their work to, to really lead differently, to, to live with more ease and and more effectively. <clears throat> Elazar, tell me a little bit about, you know, specifically enough when you talk about using the mind in, in this and contemplativeness in business. I think it's missing a lot of times people are, you know, they might think they have great manifestations and really believe in themselves, Elazar. But at the end of the day, they really are just really hurting their bodies and they're not really focusing on the stuff, the right tasks, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Neil, you bring up two points, actually. Um, in business, it actually, uh, throughout my experience, has been about the mind. You know, bring that analytical mind. How do you make decisions? Quick with the numbers. Um, so we've been focused on the mind in business, but there are two aspects of that that are not really optimal. One is we use the mind and focus it out, right? We're focusing on the other. Whereas uh, part of what boundless leadership is really saying is leadership is an inside job. The first thing you want to do with that beautiful mind is turn it inwards. Bring your awareness in because everything you experience and everything you think is being filtered through your mind. So if the lens of your mind has, is distorted or has smudges on it, then everything you see is a little bit distorted. So the first thing you want to do is bring your awareness in clean that lens and experience reality as close to reality as possible, that will help you make better decisions. But the second point is that, you know, this focus on mind is interesting because we used to think that the person who shows up at work is a role, a title, senior VP, executive of, as if they're not a human, right? So just bring your mind, leave your emotions out. But who is showing up is a full human being. So if you want to be at your best, you really do need to bring not just your mind, 
by your heart, which is an incredibly important part of a human being, and your body. The, the body that sustains it, the body that sends out messages to your mind, the body that sends out messages to the other, you know, that's all happening at the same time. So if you're going to be at your best as a leader, or really even as a human being, you really need to optimize a mind, heart, and body. Can you add more to that, Joe? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think the, <clears throat> what do we mean by optimizing? So, so what we're, we're looking at is a world that's becoming increasingly complex, increasingly 24-7, overwhelming, constant change. And then, of course, some real major crises that are, that are, just, that are a reflection of, I think, leading uh, without agility or without flexibility or without awareness. Um, and what we're talking about is a fundamental shift in our way of being when we engage in work in leading ourselves and leading others from what's driven us, which is a kind of scarcity survival mode. I got to push, push, you know, I got to grab for those little things. It's all a, a competition for scarce resources. And that survival mode, actually, we used to think that stress fueled performance and success. And we now know that it actually undermines performance, success, satisfaction, health, well-being. And so we're really, the inside job is shifting our way of being at all these levels, mind, heart, and body, out of survival mode and into thriving. That is all of our well-being capacity, our connective capacity, our creative capacity, uh, and our capacity to also just be really clear. So that's what we're working on is, you know, not just any inside job or any qualities, but the qualities that really bring out the best in us as humans, uh, which is going to make us the most creative leaders and, 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 you know, colleagues. And Elazar, it's not this magic pill, right? It takes time, it takes effort, and it, and it takes leader. It take, takes the ability to understand what to do before you have that boundless leadership, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, the promise of boundless leadership is pretty grand, right? It's a transformation where you are not only at your best, but you're at your potential, which is probably greater than what you think you can accomplish. That's a big promise. But the way there um, is a very methodical step-by-step -step way. It's informed by science, as Joe was mentioning. There's a whole set of science that describes why we are saying what we're saying. But then we break it down, and this is what that 10-year collaboration has been about. We break it down so it's what anybody can do in, the, in their daily stressful lives, right? So it's, it's accessible. And the way we break it down is, uh, as we mentioned, there's the three discipl uh, disciplines, discipline of mind, discipline of heart, and discipline of body. Each discipline has a very particular trait that we try to cultivate. These traits sit on top of a competency. So for example, in the discipline of mind, you want the trait of self-awareness, and you need the competency of clarity, clarity of mind to help you have that self-awareness. But clarity of mind is itself difficult. So we break it down into four facets, what we call the four qualities of a clear mind. And each quality then has a very precise practice assigned to it so that you keep practicing that particular, uh, uh, that particular quality for that competency. And then over time, you have the four come together, the competency gets stronger, and the trait gets developed to be a part of you. You do that for the mind, then you do it methodically for the heart, methodically for the body. You bring these things together, now you are at your balanced leadership. So yes, the transformation is big, but the steps are small. 
All right. So when you talk about steps in your book, Joe, kind of lay out without, you know, giving the whole book away of ways that leaders right now, especially in business, business leaders can become better at their job at work through this book. Right. So, you know, first, of course, we need a reframe in terms of the to, to be able to start the steps, we need to have a map kind of and know where to where to go and why to go there. We need a certain kind of motivation or understanding. And that map has to do with framing the shift that we need, the importance of the inside part of our, of our leadership work. And specifically that that's about learning to overcome built-in default stress habits and cultivate thriving capacities. Then we go to the mind and so we break down the practices that essentially have to do with training our attention. So the, the, the sort of basic training in the discipline of mind is training our attention so we can actually have, you know, we expand our, our access to controlling, to be noticing where our attention is and controlling it. Uh, and become, we can have it both be more focused, more flexible. <clears throat> At the heart, we're really training our capacity to regulate our emotions this is like emotional intelligence training through a kind of a practice uh, we call compassion training. And that is learning to have more acceptance and care for ourselves, which we know is really uh, vital to our health and well-being. And also learning how to extend that to others and so we can create a kind of engagement that's authentic and heartfelt, um, whether, whether it's a good connection or a difficult one. <clears throat> At the body level, <clears throat> we have practice. I'm sorry. <clears throat> Take a little sip of water for this. <clears throat> At the body level, we have practices that allow us to kind of speak to our body from the top down, like we with imagery, for example, learning how to get over our small sense of self or in our in our fearful sense of the world and and develop a vision that's empowering, and learning how to also uh, speak to the the body or the oldest part of the brain from the body up using breath control, using movement or gestures, posture. Um, and these are, this is the language of the oldest part of our nervous system. Um, so each of these, um, you know, e each of these disciplines has specific practices that really, um, that help us make the change. And, it, and, you know, we can, we can break it down further into steps, but the basic idea is, you know, we need to retrain ourselves. And this goes on the whole idea of plasticity and the transformability of the mind and brain through repeated practice. It doesn't matter if we think we're the most distractible person in the world, uh, we can train our attention. It, our brains are made to grow if we use them. And the same for our heart. We may think, gee, I'm not the warm, fuzzy kind, but we can develop emotional intelligence, empathy, and, and authentic compassion. And we can even develop embodied flow that is at the visceral or the deepest level of our body, uh, learning how to use positive energy instead of getting all caught up in stress, burnout, fatigue, you know, or, or dirty energy, we call the sort of the stress energy that pushes us often. So Elazar. And, and um, Neil, if I could actually add sure. one, one thing, because um, clearly what Joe described is that science-based proven methodical approach to it. But right. there's a kind of a subtle shift that happens that's profound. And what that shift is, you know, as I work with clients, they all, our conversations always start with what they feel they're missing, what they need help with, what they're doing wrong, if you will. But the shift happens when you realize that your obstacles are not 
specific to you. These obstacles really come from, a, from, a, from the human condition. They're part of our default system when we come into the world. They're part of our conditioning no matter who we are. So when you understand that the issues you're trying to work with are not necessarily unique to you, it opens up the space for change even more. So opening up that space of change even more, tell me more of what that means. So basically you have to go back to the beginning of your life in certain ways and understand who you are before you can really perform your job to the best of your ability. It sounds like really understanding what makes you tick, what's your understanding, understanding who you are as a person, right? And a lot of people don't. Well, yeah. Understanding who you are. I, I mean, Joe, as a psychotherapist has, I'm sure a viewpoint about how far back you need to go uh, into your past. I, as a advisor and coach, you know, really focuses a little bit on the present. So you do need to know who you are, but you can understand a lot of it within the present moment. Um, so the idea really is, at least when I work with my clients, there are three levels on the surface, below the surface and on the ocean floor. You know, on the surface is where we take the actions. Below the surface is the mindset that informs those actions. And on the ocean floor is the deep beliefs. But you don't always have to go to the ocean floor to shift things. The, the leverage is in the mindset. You can change that in the present moment. It takes work. It takes awareness. It takes practice. But you don't have to go all the way to your childhood to really make that shift. Yeah, I would just add that, you know, the, w what we're understanding about the brain and even, even our genomes is that we have much more fluidity and flexibility than we thought. We, and we're trained to think of ourselves as our habits. But when we understand that what we've become over time is largely a product of habit, even instincts in a way are just deeply ingrained, you know, inherited habits, then we, what we're really talking about is like a quality control, really understanding what our default settings are, bringing awareness to them. How does my mind, what are the biases ingrained in me? What are the emotional weak points or vulnerabilities or patterns of reaction? What are my bodily defaults? And we can actually using awareness go into these and rehearse, you know, training different qualities. If it's not working, it's just, to, now some of our habits may be working perfectly fine and we don't need to change them. Uh, we just need to maybe grow them, but others might be really getting on our way. And so we're really talking about the balanceness has to do with understanding that we have much more range of possibility in who we are and, and sculpting who we are and how we're showing up than we ever believed. And Neil, if I could, uh, give an example in business to give a texture to what we're saying is um, you, you walk into a meeting. Usually most of us walk into a meeting. We may rehearse what we want to say or the presentation. We're focusing on the content. But there, if you bring that awareness in and you check in on your mindset before you walk into the meeting and that we tend to have one of two mindsets. I'm, I'm exaggerating and simplifying, but we tend to have one of two mindsets. We're either walking in being protective and defensive. And that's the lens through which we are experiencing what's about to happen. Or we walk in with having uh, an openness to be expansive and taking advantage of opportunities. When we bring that awareness, we can not only check to which mindset we have, we can work on sh shifting it. And the reason that that's so important is if you walk in being protective and defensive and somebody asks a question and you interpret that question through that filter of being defensive, you're going to respond 
in a defensive way. Your body posture might be defensive. You may even come across as a bit aggressive in your response. But if you went in with a, a perspective and a mindset of opportunity and expansion, that same question is, ah, that's interesting, huh? And then you respond in a more collaborative way. Same content. But the message you're now giving out is, I'm open to what you have to say. And when the person feels that you're open to what they have to say, this, they feel that they're being seen and heard, they're going to respond in a much more collaborative and uh, team approach in the Make, conversation. Makes sense. So that's an example of how you could bring it up. So Joe, what, do you, what is your ultimate goal with the book? What do you want your readers to get out of it most? Right. Well, I mean, I think we on, on the sort of personal level, we want to really help people become aware that there's potential for them to live, to be, to be, be successful, to thrive with much less stress, with much more clarity, self-awareness, with much more ease, with much more satisfaction and purpose, uh, so that they can start to reflect on, do they want to take this path? But if we never even know that it's a possibility, you know, it's, we're just going to go trudging along and maybe learn a few new skills. <clears throat> the other thing on the larger macro level, <clears throat> look at the world we're in. We need to be changing so much of the way we do business, you know, and corporations are aware of this they, and, and, and they're understanding and trying to shift. But the mindset, the, in, the inner uh, gears that need to shift, this is new to people. And, and this is what we're trying to provide is not just for the individual, but for our whole culture, uh, a way, a, this, a way of, of transforming our way of engaging and living that's actually much more, much more, much more about sustainable flourishing and equitable uh, systems and things that we know we need to do. Big changes that we know we need. Elazar, what do you, what do you, what, what do you hope your readers get out of this book the most? Well, I think it's um, at one level very similar to what Joe is saying. Change is possible. Um, and then the path to change. You know, the book is actually based on a program. So the program itself preceded the book. The program is about change and transformation. Joe and I teach it once a year uh, for the past few years. And so the book being about the program, being based on the program, means its purpose is not the download of information. Yes, you could get information, you could become smarter, know a few more things, but that's not at least my motivation for it. The book is, gives you the path for change. If you're not experiencing the change, the book probably didn't accomplish a lot. You Got know? It. So it's about experiencing the change in your own life through the book and the practices. Joe, where can we pick up the book? Where's the best place? Well, it's available pretty much everywhere books are sold. It's it's distributed through a Penguin Random House. It's uh, published by Sean Mola Press. Uh, we can you can go to our book site, uh, con the uh, Boundless Leadership Book uh, dot dot com. Um, and also, if you're interested more in the program, uh, you can go to nalandainstitute.org. That's N-A-L-A-N-D-A institute.org. And you can learn more about how we put this into practice. Well, it's very interesting. I definitely people need to pick up the book. I appreciate you guys both stopping by. Uh, thanks for coming on the Neil Haley Show. Best of luck with uh, the book tour and uh, your continue to really teach boundless leadership. So thanks again, guys. Thanks so much, Neil. Thank appreciate you. it, guys. Appreciate right, take care. You. You're welcome. You. You're welcome. Bye-bye. You're listening and watching The Neil Haley Show, and we'll Bye -bye. be back in just a moment.